You ought to declare your victory before the battle's over. Somebody ought to praise God for your deliverance before the battle's over. Somebody ought to lift your voice and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Somebody clap your hands and give God another praise this morning. Woo. High five about six people on the way to your seat. Tell them I've got victory. Tell them I've got victory. Woo. Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord on Sunday morning? I said, is anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord on Sunday morning? My God, have mercy. I feel breakthrough in this building today. I'm telling you, I feel breakthrough in this building today. Hallelujah. Would you help me put your hands together and one more time welcome all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord with us today. Oh, we are so grateful that you're with us in the house of the Lord. If this is your first time as a guest here at the Rock Church, there are two things we want you to know. Number one is we have a policy here at the Rock Church that all of our guests are only guests for the first five minutes they come through the door. After five minutes, we just consider you part of the family. Amen, Rock Church. So would you help me turn to somebody on your left, on your right, uh, and just tell them welcome home this morning. Come on, don't leave anybody untouched. They're in front of you, behind you. Turn around and tell three or four people. Just tell them welcome home. Welcome home. Welcome home. So good to have you in the house of the Lord. Also, if you are a first-time guest here this morning, you should have received a small VIP invitation card. And if you are here for the first time and you did not receive one of those cards, if you would just raise your hand, we can run one to you very quickly. Very important. We want you to have one. Looks like everybody's got one. If you received one of those cards, that card is an invitation to a VIP room that we have prepared just for you immediately following the service this morning. And we would love to invite you to hang out with us for just a few moments after the service. We have uh, some small refreshments and we have a small gift that we would like to give to you as a token of our appreciation for you being in the house of the Lord with us today. And so if you have one of those cards immediately when the service is dismissed, there's a red carpet out in the lobby. And if you'll just make your way to that red carpet, somebody will meet you there to escort you into our VIP room. And we'd love to spend just a moment to get to know you a little bit better this morning. One more time, help me put your hands together for all of our guests that are here with us today. Amen. This has been an amazing week. We celebrated yesterday afternoon with the graduates from Rock Christian Academy and some graduates from our church that graduated from other high schools. Would you help me put your hands together one time this morning 
recognize them and their accomplishments. Oh, we could do a little bit better than that. Come on. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We're thankful for what the Lord is doing. This has been a great week. We baptized, I think, another three people in Jesus' name this week that all received the gift of the Holy Ghost coming out of the water. Let's thank God for that. Amen. God is doing some amazing things, and we're truly grateful for that. And uh, it is an honor this morning to have with us all the way from Pueblo, Colorado, absolutely no strangers to this house, brother and sister Hicks. So good to have them in the house of the Lord with us. For those of you who, who might be very new here and uh, have not had the chance to meet their acquaintance, uh, brother and sister Hicks come from the same church that First Lady and I grew up in. And we spent years together working alongside this awesome couple. And they currently serve in several capacities. But he is the pastor of education at the church there in Pueblo and is mightily used. God's hand is on him in a powerful way. He and his wife are very actively involved in children's ministry and working with young people. And God has used them to change lives. They are world changers. And uh, it is such an honor to have them here with us this weekend. And uh, I asked Brother Hicks if he would just be prepared to deliver the word of the Lord to us today. And I am certain that God has spoke to him. And I know that I have come with expectation in my heart for what God has for us in this place. Amen. Would you stand to your feet all over this house one more time? It is our custom in this house to stand as we prepare for the entrance of the word of the Lord. And as we stand, would you lift up your hands one more time in the sanctuary and open up your mouth and give God a great praise all over this house as the man of God comes to deliver the word of the Lord. Come on, lift up your voice and give God a praise. Hallelujah. Oh, let's lift up our voice. Let's just worship him for just a moment. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you in this house. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Well, it's good to be in Fort Myers, Florida again. Amen. Hallelujah. Our, uh, I guess our home in the south. Anytime we can get away and get down here, we love to come and uh, give honor to your pastor, Pastor Williams, First Lady Williams, their family. We love them very, very much and love this church. This is an incredible church. Amen. This is a church. This is a church with the hand of God and the hand of destiny upon it, and uh, you are leading the way for the apostolic movement in so many ways, and um, we just honor you for your dedication, amen, praise God. Give honor again to the graduates, we were here for the graduation yesterday, love you guys, amen. 
and uh, we love all of the graduates, but there's one particular graduate that just we have a special affinity for. We love you, Isaac Paul, and uh, God's hand is on your life. Amen. We believe in you. Praise God. Let's turn to the book of Genesis, chapter 4. Hallelujah. When Pastor Williams asked me to speak, I knew immediately what I would preach tonight. And I wrestled with this morning a little bit. I came with two thoughts in mind, and uh, Brother Matthew helped me out Friday night. So thank you, Brother Matthew, for the confirmation of the word of the Lord. Genesis chapter 4, beginning at verse 5. But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, thou shalt, shalt thou not be accepted. If thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. Unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Amen. I want to talk to us for a few moments this morning. We'll probably slow down here for a minute about doors. Amen. About doors. And it might surprise you the prevalence of doors in the scripture, but we're going to take a look at a few things this morning. And I believe the Holy Ghost is going to help some people. Amen. The Holy Ghost is going to help some people that are in the moment of decision. Amen. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us the next few minutes. Thank you, Jesus, for your word. We thank you for your spirit that we feel in this house. We pray that you would direct us, that you would anoint my mind and my lips, God, to speak your word. Not my words, God, but let your word go forth in this house and let it accomplish what you've sent it to do. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, let's worship him one more time as we're seated. Thank you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. You may be seated. I, uh, one of the very first jobs that I had out of high school was working with my father in the window and door replacement industry. And uh, it kind of led into some other construction-related work as I got older, but but one of the first things that I got involved with right out of high school is window and door replacement. And, and this is going to seem really first grade here for a minute, but I believe the Holy Ghost is going to take us somewhere. How many of you realize that there is a difference between a window and a door? So to do the job that we were doing, we had to have 
enough brain cells to figure out that there's a difference between a window and a door. Amen. And uh, this, again, I'm going to give you a real basic definition, but a window actually comes, the word window comes from the Latin word for wind. The purpose of a window is to allow illumination and ventilation. That's real good. <laughs> God put a window in the ark for a reason. Because they needed ventilation. Amen. They needed, they needed the moving of the wind. Amen. They needed the moving of the pneuma of God into that place. And not only did they need the moving of the Spirit of God into that place, they needed illumination. Some people are having trouble making decisions because they don't have the correct illumination in their life. But the Word of God says that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Amen. And there are windows and doors in our life, and sometimes we get the blinds pulled down and we close the curtains. And I said this at home recently, and I got in trouble with Sister Westberg, but we're hiding under the bed with all the toilet paper we can find at Walmart. That's not healthy living, people. You can't hide out in your house forever. Come on. Now, I, I'm going to try to... Be careful a little bit, but it, it, it's not the will of God for you to hide out in fear. Amen. With the windows covered up, with the blanket pulled over your head, just wishing that all of the bad stuff in life will go away, that's, that's no way to have victory. That's no way to have dominion. That is no way to have the power that God wants to place in your life. Somewhere you got to get up and you got to open the windows. And let the light come in and let the wind of the Spirit blow into your life. Amen. But what happens when you see someone trying to go in a window? Hopefully you're the kind of neighbor who will call the police. Say, hey, somebody is going in to my neighbor's window. Now, why would we do that? Because we know that windows are not for egress. Well, that's the fancy word in the code book that says you're not supposed to go in and out of a window. But doors are a little different. Doors have the primary purpose of either allowing or prohibiting entry. Amen. And so this morning as I was getting ready, I started counting. You may not realize it, but you step through a lot of doorways in your life. Just in the process of getting ready and getting to the car, I stepped through 22 doorways. How many of you counted the doorways you walked through this morning? Probably not, huh? And in our text this morning, Cain 
finds himself in an encounter with the Lord where he is standing at a doorway. But the, the implication of the text is that Cain doesn't even know that he's standing at a doorway. The Lord has to tell him he's standing at a doorway. And that on the other side of the door, the sin that he is being tempted with is lying at the door or crouching just outside the door like a beast of prey, ready to devour his life. And so as we, as we look through the scriptures, we see that, that these doors take different roles in different settings with different people. For Cain, it was a warning. Cain, you're standing at a door, and you really shouldn't go through that door. Amen? And uh, if you're in this house today, and, you, and you've come to a doorway, and you've come to an opportunity, or what seems like an opportunity, and the voice of God through the man of God has told you that's not the door for you, don't, don't. Don't go through the door. Do not step through the door. I have been in and around the church my entire life. And uh, I say in and around because everybody who grows up coming to an apostolic church has the moment where they have to get in the church. Amen. And uh, I have seen people who struggle with these moments of decision in their life. They come to these doorways and they, they don't know just how to proceed. And unfortunately for some, when the counsel of the Lord comes through the man of God, they, they cannot bring their spirit into submission to the will of God. And they go through the door. Other people that I have watched, observed, and even seen in my own life, uh, not a statement of perfection, but just somehow I've been blessed enough to keep myself submitted to the man of God in my life and have seen the blessings that come. Amen? Amen. Doors are places of opportunity. Doors are places of opportunity. They are places of change. And they are places of security. But in order to take advantage of the opportunities that are offered at the doorway, you have to leave your current location position and reality to step through the door. And uh, I, I learned this kind of young in life. You realize when you leave out of one paradigm and you step into another, you really never can go back. The statement is you can never go home. And we realize that as young adults when we leave our parents' home and and we think, oh, when I come back, it'll just always be the way it's been. 
but you go and you spend a year in another state or whatever, and you come home and you realize, I can't come home. It's not the same. I hope somebody hears me today. We're going to talk about some other kinds of doors here in a minute, but I want to just stop here for a second. I feel like there's some people standing in front of doorways this morning that you don't need to go through. I heard uh, Bishop Holmes make a statement recently, the grass is always greener on the other side because they water it. You think what you see through that doorway is going to be better than where you are right now. But the limitations of the opening of the doorway are keeping you from seeing what's really on the other side of that doorway. And young people, young people, there is so much that you still have to learn about life. You need good counsel in your life, amen? I'm telling, I am telling some young people in this house tonight, or this morning, that you need this man, and you need his counsel, amen? And you need, you need the leadership that he's appointed in this church to help him, to help you get where God wants to take you. Unfortunately, in our first scripture this morning, Cain stepped through that door. And the consequences of stepping through the door were incredible. He lost a brother, lost relationship with his parents, he was driven out, and the scripture tells us that he became a vagabond and he just wandered in the earth. If you step through the wrong doorway, You're going to end up in a place of just wandering and wandering and wandering. And you try to find your way back through the door, but sometimes you just, you can't find that place. Now, I want to clarify, that's not to say that those doors are not always open. Amen? There is always a door back into this house. But what ministries are abandoned when we step through the wrong door? What blessings are abandoned when we step through the wrong door? What purpose is lost in our life when we step through the wrong doors and into the wrong situations? One of the first doors that we encounter when we come into the house of God is the new birth. We step through a doorway when we are born again. Amen? Amen. And then God leads us, and he leads us through other doorways, doorways of separation. You have to come out from among them and be separate. And I have, I have seen people who hesitate, Pastor Williams, in the doorway of separation. They struggle to let go of things in the world, and they struggle to embrace the kingdom of God and the way that God wants them to. And so they just, so there's other people 
They're not like Cain. They didn't go through the wrong door, but they're just standing in the doorway. Anybody ever tried to get through a doorway and somebody's just standing there? Make up your mind. Are you going in or are you coming out? Stuck in the doorway. And then I've seen some people that it's, it's not like they're stuck in the doorway, but they're stuck in a corridor full of doors. And I don't believe that the will of God is confusing for our lives. I do not believe that God plays hide and seek or guess it if you can. Or maybe if you get lucky, you'll hit on the perfect will of God for your life. I don't believe that's the game that God is playing. But we can put ourselves in corridors where there are so many options and so many doorways in front of us that we don't know how to proceed. We're going up and down the hall of life just trying every door. There's no focus. There's no direction. There's no purpose. We're just shaking every door we can. Trying to find a spot. And then I've seen some people. I've seen some people recently. They got stuck. Trying to force the wrong door open. And it, I don't have a scripture for this, but just is just experience in life, I have found that if you force that door long enough, if you bang on that door long enough, if you shove on that door long enough, God will let you get it open. God tried to pull Cain back. He just kept forcing his way. He just kept pushing pushing. In the Bible, I find places where there's doors of destruction. There's other doors that provide protection. And there's other doors, and this is really where I want to go this morning. There are doors of divine appointment. The Bible says that the Lord directs the feet of a righteous man or woman. If your life is right, then God is directing your steps. If God is not directing your steps, then it's probably time to get right. Then he will begin to direct your steps. And I believe that he will lead every individual in this room to the door of their divine appointment. He has a plan for your life. You didn't get here on accident. Noah had a door that saved his family. And God closed that door. Before the flood came, before the, the ark was borne away on the flood waters, it wasn't Noah that closed that door. God shut that door. Hear me this morning. If God shuts a door, do not try to open it. Yeah. 
lot had a door closed. And that door closed to his deliverance and salvation. If the angel of the Lord hadn't closed that door, Lot was going to be in some trouble. In the Exodus chapter 12 at the Passover, they placed the covering of blood over the door. And in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 through 9, that they quoted yesterday at the graduation, also known as the Shema, he said, put it on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Amen. I, I really want to move on, but I just want to revisit this for just a minute. hope someone hears me this morning. Not everybody in this room, but there is somebody in this room. You are standing at the wrong door. For God's sake, do not go through that door. Don't do it. Don't do it. John chapter 10, Jesus said that he is the door. Amen. He is the door to the sheep. And uh, I'm thankful that if I will walk for him and if I will live right before him, he will become the door of protection in my life. Amen. I believe that, that every person in this house has the opportunity for him to become the door of your life. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 8. The Apostle Paul speaking, but I will tarry at Ephesus unto Pentecost. Why is he doing this? Verse 9, for a great door and effectual is open unto me. And there are many adversaries. Amen. There are great doors. There are do doors, as I said before, of divine appointment. And the Apostle Paul finds himself in Ephesus, and he says, There is a great and effectual door opened unto me. And he doesn't even just, he doesn't pause. He doesn't say, but. He says, and. <laughs> he doesn't say, however. He doesn't say the adversaries are going to affect the open door. He doesn't say that the adversaries have the ability to change the door at all. He says that, and there are many adversaries. So basically, the Apostle Paul was saying, I'm going to stay right here in Ephesus until Pentecost comes because there's a door open and because there's an adversary. And I'm going to deal with this adversary, and we're going to have Pentecost before I get out of here. Amen. What's the, Brother Hicks, how do I tell the difference between a closed door and a door with adversaries? Well, you better be walking in the Holy Ghost would be a good start. You better be praying. Amen. But I can tell you this, the doors that I have stepped through in my life, the, the, 
the closure mechanism, if you'll let me uh, borrow the building term, the closing mechanism on those doors in my life was always the man of God. Amen. And I've also had doors that, and he was here yesterday, I love Bishop, give honor and respect to him. There were also doors that Bishop pointed out to me in my life that he said, you need to step through that door. And when I stepped through that door, Brother Eric, I got smacked right in the forehead. Because great doors, <laughs> great doors have adversaries. So I hope I'm helping somebody this morning. You're, you're in front of a door of opportunity, but be ready because when you step through the door of opportunity, you better be ready for a fight. Amen. And so I... Uh, I've heard verse 9 quoted a lot, a great and effectual door. And I believe that God has opened doors for this church and set doors in front of this church, opportunities. And, and I said it kind of in my introductory comments, but I believe that this church is a trend-setting church in the apostolic world. Amen. This, what this church is doing in the church is the solution for a lot of the issues that are going on in our world today. The Bible says that nation shall rise against nation. I don't know that they're going to get it any better out there. I don't know that they're going to get it right through a political engine. But I believe that the apostolic church can get it right in here through the power of the Holy Ghost, through the power of the preached word of God, amen, through the power of the fellowship of the body of Christ, amen, as we, as we treat each other with the dignity that we are created in the image of God. And so I really believe this church is modeling, if I can use that word, for the apostolic world what the apostolic church should look like. Amen? But when you step to that door, and I'm sure the pastor knows this already, when you, when you step through that door, there are adversaries. There are people that will talk about you. There are people that will that will malign your character and say ugly things and do ugly things because they're not comfortable with the paradigm shift. So I've always seen verse 9 read and quoted and preached. But where, where was the Apostle Paul when he wrote this? He was in Ephesus. And so I looked through the scriptures and I found in Acts chapter 19 
where the Apostle Paul went to Ephesus. We're going to read this a little bit. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus. And finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since ye believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were ye baptized? And they said, Unto John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. You know how you know how you know that there's an open door in front of this church? Because at prayer meeting the other night, Brother Donnelly was baptizing somebody in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Amen. We're not arguing with them. I don't know if it's Brother Donnelly or Brother Leo. Seems like those guys always got somebody back there baptizing them. Amen. You know how there's a door open? Because they're not debating, they're not arguing, they're not fussing with you, they're not. When God sets a door in front of you, you don't have to have 16 weeks of Bible studies on baptism to convince somebody that they need their sins washed away. Because as we preach the word of God, the spirit of God comes along beside us. And begins to help us in the work. And when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Amen. That's the door. That was the effectual door. And I was looking for the adversaries. Because I just see Acts 19 opening up with revival. Revival, revival, revival. But verse 8 says, And he went into the synagogue and spake boldly for the space of three months, disputing and persuading the things concerning the kingdom of God. And when divers were hardened and believed not, but spake evil... Of that way, before the multitude, he departed from them and separated the disciples, disputing daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this continued by the space of two years, so that all they which dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. And Paul wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul. I'm sorry, God wrought special miracles by the hand of Paul, so that from his body were brought unto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Verse 13, then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them which had evil spirits the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. So Paul had an effectual door. These jokers did not have an effectual door. We adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. We're not committed enough to actually identify with Jesus Christ in the waters of baptism. We just want to call on a name that somebody else is calling on. 
happened to these guys. It wasn't good. And there were seven sons of one Sceva, a Jew, and chief of the priest, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. And this was known to all the Jews and Greeks also dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Adversaries, trouble, problems, spiritual warfare, which was already alluded to this morning, only brings glory to the name of Jesus. If we will persist, I'm telling you there's a door of opportunity in front of this church if we will if we will go forward. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Many of them also, which used curious arts, brought their books together and burned them before all men. And they counted the price of them and found it to be 50,000 pieces of silver. It's a lot of money. Verse 20. So mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. The word of God grew and prevailed because a man of God sensitive to the spirit of God came to the right doorway at the right moment and he stepped through it and the Bible says that the word of God prevailed in two years time in two years time the entire subcontinent of Asia heard the word of the Lord. No TVs, no radios, no jet airplanes, no trains, no cars. No Facebook. Everybody's a Facebook preacher nowadays. probably need to disconnect from some of your Facebook preachers and connect with your preacher. I'm looking, I'm looking for a door. I'm looking for a door. The door is right in front of you. The door has been placed in front of this church and that you've been given the leadership to take you through the door. Quit looking for other Quit looking for other doorways. That word prevailed, I looked it up in the Greek. And uh, a lot of times when I look up words in the Greek, I find out they mean what the word is in the Bible. <laughs> but this word prevailed had an interesting subnote. Uh, it was translated in a couple places as entered the fray. 
So you have this man of God. He comes to this city. God has set before him an open door of opportunity and revival. Healings and signs and wonders are being done. And he is faced with adversaries. Because that is the nature of great doors. But somewhere in the process, Brother Williams, the word of God enters the fray. The word of God begins to fight for the man of God. The word of God begins to enter into the battle that he has engaged in. And when you see in the scripture that the word of God begins to fight alongside the man of God in front of the door that God has ordained, you begin to see the incredible works of the Holy Ghost begin to manifest themselves in the lives of people. Amen. How many are thankful for a man of God in your life who has vision, who has purpose, and a man of God that the word of God has come along beside him to begin to fight against the enemies that are opposing you. Brother Hicks, how do you know that there's things opposing our church? Well, I'll tell you this. It's not because Pastor Williams has told me anything. It's because I've been around for more than a minute. And any church that's doing what this church is doing has faced opposition. Amen. But the word of the Lord is... He's going to come along beside you. He's going to enter the fight with you. He, he is not going to just send you up against all of this pressure, tribulation, and adversaries without coming along beside you and giving you the strength that you need to accomplish the task that he's given you to do. Amen? Hallelujah. If the musicians would come. don't know where you're at as an individual in this place today. But I do know the Lord talked to me. The Holy Ghost dealt with me. Because I, I, I wrestled with some of these scriptures saying they don't going to preach about doors of opportunity or are we going to preach about the dangers of going through the wrong door? And I really felt impressed of the Holy Ghost this morning that the church, the rock church of Fort Myers is positioned in front of a door, a great door. But there are individuals in this body that are standing in front of doors in their own lives that are not the right doors. And 
And here's the struggle of that moment, church. The church will prevail. Amen. The church will go forward. The church will conquer. The church will have victory. Amen. The church will, will fulfill the purpose and the vision of God for this city. The only question is, please hear me this morning. The only question is, when, when, when the Rock Church gets there, will you be there with them? Can you stand? Notice the really disturbing trend in the scriptures, Brother Williams. How many times did the firstborn brother lose the birthright? What I'm saying is. God wants to give it to you. God wants it to be you. God wants to use you to fulfill the purpose. But if you step through that door, you will find somebody else. give us direction. Oh God, help somebody in this house today. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, let us hear your voice. <laughs> oh, let us go through the right doors, God. seen it I have literally Pastor Williams seen it in the last few weeks where someone stepped through a doorway that took them away from their destiny and before the door shut God already put somebody else
that you, you could go out and come back. We've seen people do it, and it's a great testimony, the mercies of God and, and, and His forgiveness and all of those things and the restoration of their salvation. But what is lost in the interim? a man who has backslid for years. He was an incredible soul winner before he backslid. He's in the church today, but he has never found the traction to do the ministry that he did before he walked through that door. Somebody, please hear me today. Don't go through that door. There's, there's two doors being presented right now. There's that door of great and effectual opportunity. And there's the door of Cain. Let's lift our hands. Jesus, help us in this house today. Oh, Holy Ghost, help some people make some decisions in this place today. <laughs> Come on, church, let's lift up our voice. You may not be the person in the valley of decision this morning, but you, you can help somebody. You can create an environment where the Holy Ghost can begin to move, begin to direct somebody's steps. altar. Can we come find a place? 